Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there to all of my national and international listeners. Thank you for tuning in today's show with my guest, Mr. Lucas Roy Lehman. He's an international speaker, intimacy, and personal power coach, and he leads trainings on sex and money and power. What I like about Mr. Lehman and what I know many of you women listeners will enjoy is that he is fiercely committed to supporting women in their 40s. 50s, 60s, and I included, and 70s, (laughs) to release all limiting beliefs, find their voices to speak their truth, and learn the skills of intimacy to be able to play the music of love with joy and ease, and moreover, have the soulful relationships they have always dreamed of. So, I want you to text your friends, make sure they listen in today's show, because we're live, or they can download the show later for their listening pleasure. I talked with Lucas some time ago, and I've had many guests on my show. However, I had not had the pleasure of hearing a man who had worked with men and women who has been leading men's groups for 15 years through a nonprofit he founded that facilitates the emotional literacy of hundreds of incarcerated men. So I'm pleased, Lucas, that you were able to take time out from your busy schedule to be on the Transformation for Success show today. So, hi, Thanks. Lucas. How are you? Hi. I'm great. Thanks for having me here, Dr. Young. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to be part of the show. Well, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. We're going to have a great conversation today. I am really excited. So, my friends, you're, you're invited to call in today's show. Again, we are live, and we can take your questions. Uh, I'm sure Lucas can take your questions. Uh, there's a lot uh, of things that we're going to talk about today. And so the number to call in and join the discussion is 888-346-9141. I'm going to repeat that, 888 888- 346-9141. And if you're calling internationally, it's 001-480-553-5754. So today, my guest is going to share his story and his transformational journey also as a performing musician for over 30 years to become today's intimacy coach and author of his latest book, which he's going to share with us today, Mastering the Seven Principles of Sex and Money and Power, for an extraordinary life. Please welcome to the center stage, Lucas Roy Lehman. Tell me, <laughs> Lucas, <laughs> how did this all Thank begin you. for you? <laughs> I'm sorry? Tell me, how did this all begin for you? Um, well, it, <clears throat> excuse me. It all began, I guess, about 15 years ago when mm-hmm. I began an exploration of sacred sexuality um, Tantra, as, as I know it, um, Tantra means a lot of things to a lot of people and a lot of nothing to a lot of people. But for what me, what it means is uh, a different approach to relationship and sexuality that really looks at all aspects of our being, our sexuality, our heart, our mm-hmm. spirit, and how those are all connected. And the, how I sort of sum it up in a way is, is its presence and breath 
and intention. And if you think of that, even in terms of the sexual mm-hmm. realm, that's, that's a very different way to show up to an experience of what's going on in this moment. What is my intention of trying to create from this experience? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do I bring more breath and, and spirit? Because breath really is the source of our connection to, to spirit. Right. Well, well, you know what? You, you've had a lot of experience. And when we, we had an earlier talk some time ago about how you've worked with so many amazing clients, but and what and mostly a lot of women. But what motivated you to become an intimacy and personal power speaker and trainer and coach? Well, I think I just really became aware of, to be honest with you, how much uh, shadow there is, how much unconsciousness there is, how much fear and how much shame. Uh, we all carry, including myself, uh, mm-hmm. regarding, you know, our most intimate aspects of ourselves, whether we think that we're worthy of love or whether we think that uh, we desire too much sex or not enough sex or mm-hmm. it's, it's this whole, we have such a longing to be seen. And I think of, you know, intimacy, sort of the cliche, but like into me, you see that we want more than anything to be seen and love for who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But underneath that, is actually oftentimes a belief that that we're not lovable for who we are. So, oh, so how, wow. does, how does how does that work? How does that work? Well, how can we be loved when we don't even love ourselves underneath well, that's it all? True. Well, I've always advocated you can't give what you don't have. So if you don't feel love, you can't give love. But I also know a little secret about you too, Luke, is that when you were nine years old, you discovered your parents. <laughs> Joy of sex books in their nightstand drawer, and who was looking through, <laughs> looking at those books? <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think me more than my parents, but but um, but yeah, and and again, I think what that really had a big impact on me because I don't know if how many people have read those books, but there was a real there was a real reverence uh, about sex. It was a different age before you know, the internet and internet porn and, and all that. And, and there was a real uh, awakening of like this, this, there was an emotional connection that was the most significant aspect of it. And I think that really, that really impacted me and how, for me, my sexuality and, and my heart have always been connected. And in fact, I'm not, I've never really been interested in, and having a sexual connection that wasn't heart-based. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that, and I think that's interesting, and it may be true for a lot of people, although they may not admit it. But uh, where were you born? I mean, where are you from? Are you from California originally? I am from C- California. I grew up in the L.A. area. Okay. All right. And so right in the center, of, you know, of course, a lot of people have a fascination about California and, you know, L.A. and Hollywood and all of this, the impact of that. But uh, tell me, uh, one of the things that you expressed to me when you were in college, you, what, what was the impact of uh, being in college and you were taking this literature class and oh. you actually discovered something? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, so so in college, I was a, a writing and literature major. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, my college, my sort of my mentors expressing that, that the study of literature was really about the study of the emotional lives of women. And, and again, that really fascinated me. And if, and if you think about it, like in some ways, like this, this, this notion of intimacy is very, is very yin. It's a very soft, it's the internal, it's the feminine versus like Mm -hmm. 
romance. I like to say, like, the masculine sort of needs to lead the dance of romance. If you think of, you know, making the dinner plans and opening doors and, and, and whatever you think about that sort of way of being, that we have a certain polarity that, that we create mm-hmm. in relationship. And so if masculine leads the dance of romance, the feminine kind of leads what I call the, the music of love, which is, which is this intimacy, this, this duet. Um, and it doesn't mean that, that, that that's only women, because obviously men have a, a feminine side also, but obviously <laughs> women are much more in touch with that. And, um, and so, again, that, that study of, of literature being such about, you know, the study of relationship and to really get of, of the wants and desires of uh, women for, for connection. Well, do you remember when Lady Chatterley's Lover came out? <laughs> remember that book? <laughs> well, it came out in the in the '30s, so I wasn't quite born then. <laughs> well, but it but it became uh, revived in in college years because I remember, uh, and it was you know, of course, I wasn't back at that time, but I remember it was uh, in in my college career uh, that book was discussed in a lot of the the classes that I took, and so I went, I was wondering if you had remembered that and what a you know, sort of a, sort of an interesting aspect of romance because, but for that time, it was always prior to that the men were the aggressors. So when you looked at a woman taking a lover, I mean, that was whew, that was a, <laughs> that was some hot. Right, stuff. right, and that was written by D. H. Lawrence, who who was a man, right. but also a man who was very much in touch with his feminine side. And so mm-hmm. again, I think this this notion of of intimacy and is really about claiming all parts of ourselves. And so that includes women might be the aggressors in some way. The men might be more passive in, in some ways and that it's all, that's all beautiful. And that all of those, all of the different range of notes uh, is available to us when we don't try to put ourselves into a box of what's right, what's wrong, how we think we're supposed to be uh, making our feelings wrong and then trying to be some other way than, than right. what's our authentic truth. And it's, and it's not easy, again, especially because underneath that, there's this judgment of myself of like, oh, I'm, I'm not supposed to be this way, mm-hmm. whatever this way is. Whatever this way is. Well, you know, tell me, one of the things that I was intrigued about your background is that you, here you are, you know, getting involved with intimacy and, you know, personal power, but you, you segued into becoming a musician. And how did that play into it? How did, how did you, you know, go into that area where you were this musician and almost a rock star? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they kind of happened. Um, I mean, I, I started playing music when I was seven years old. So that, that's kind of oh, in, wow. in my family and in my, in my blood. And then, um, and then through college and, and all that, I was focusing more on writing and literature. And then it all kind of came together as I started writing songs and I wrote a rock musical and just being in that, like, that's such the, to me, art and music and literature is such the richness of life. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the domain where we can talk about anything and, mm-hmm. and the exploration mm-hmm. of of the edges um, has always fascinated me. I, I think that's that's interesting, you know, uh, as I, you know, because I said we had talked away, talked for some time and I was excited to have you on the show because I rarely run into intimacy and personal power <laughs> speakers and, and coaches who are so candid about supporting women, particularly 
uh, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, I added 70s, you know, for those right. women who might be out there in the 70s, because I think they're the forgotten, you know, community too. Maybe women in their 80s, I don't know. But basically, how did you, uh, you you're so fiercely committed to supporting them. How did this come about? Well, I think that p- part of it is there's something that, that happens when, when we get on the other side of the reproductive cycle, that there's actually an opportunity to drop into what, what's real? What is it that we really need and what do we need now? And because mm-hmm. prior to that, and I think where, where a lot of relationships go wrong out the gate is that, that they're about a projection of something. So, before some uh, women are in their, in their 40s, there's usually this question of they want to be moms. And so if they want to be moms, that really doesn't have anything to do with the man. The man is, in a way, like an object, a tool, a projection of this desire to reproduce. And so mm-hmm. the relationships that come of that come of, well, we're trying to live in this box. We're trying to create this family structure. We're trying to look for a partner who is going to be X, Y, and Z so that we can have a family. And then the relationship actually becomes sublimated to the needs of the children. That's, that, it's almost a business mm-hmm. arrangement when you get right down to it. Um, it's the business of raising a family. And so I think that's why so oftentimes, especially in our modern times, when when we don't need another person to be safe, the models aren't what they were, even though there's that programming in our body. We live, mm-hmm. you know, to 100 years ago, the average life expectancy was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so now we're at this place where suddenly, oh, I don't feel fulfilled. I'm not, I'm not getting the intimacy I want. Well, that's a whole other thing than, than what the biological drive to reproduce is in 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. That's almost not even about us and, and our own authenticity. It's about a, a biological drive. And so well, once we're on this other side of 40, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it's a question of, well, what is it that I really want to create? What, what is the ideal mm-hmm. relationship that I want? I, I was recently having a conversation with a, a client and who, who, who was saying, like, well, she really wants to, you know, build a home with a man. And... And she's not in a relationship right now. She's looking for the man to build a home with. And, and, and it's a, that's where it, there's a mistake. First, find the man. Then <laughs> build a home. Well, with, right? But to, to think, I want to build a home, I'm going to plug some guy into this, into this want, it mm-hmm. creates a, a barrier to actually getting there. Well, tell me this. You know, one of the things that you talked about is that uh, a lot of uh, women – uh, in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, and, and they're younger women too, I'm sure, uh, have these uh, limiting beliefs. What are some of the limiting beliefs that you found uh, in your you know, work with clients, particularly a lot of women? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, certainly, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. I had one client mm-hmm. who believed that she, she only, that there are only two types of men in the world, uh, wimps and cowboys. Um, and, and, and then ultimately, um, I pressed her on that and she, she agreed that there, there was another type. It was quality guys who were unavailable. And so I pushed her a little more. I said, well, am I a quality guy? And, and another friend of ours, is he a quality guy? We were available one time 
And she realized that she had a belief that if she met a quality guy and fell for a quality guy, that um, he would abandon her and she would be destroyed. So you know, if, uh, that's the, if that's the well, underlying psychology, mm-hmm. then you're going you're gonna to make choices to keep you safe in a certain way, even if safe is, right. is unhappy. Right. Well, you know, I, I have to admit, I, I've run in, you know, because I've been really uh, passionate about re-empowering women. I don't want to say empowering because I was corrected on that. Women are already empowered, but it's more or less re-empowering them. But, you know, a lot of this, I'm not good enough, uh, or men are, you know, wimps or cowboys, uh, comes from a lot of women who say that because of past experiences. The, number one, the exposure to the type of men the past experiences that they've had and the expo you know the environment so you know that has a lot to do with these limiting beliefs um and then we have a number of instances today lucas where men women in their 40s or 50s and the man is saying i i don't want to be married to you anymore found somebody younger um and and so those kinds of things are happening and then the other thing is with the internet dating and all of this that comes into play where does Im- intimacy, you know, and sex, the difference, you know, where does that all come in? But before you answer that, because I've given you a lot that I want you to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've given you a whammy. Because <laughs> yeah. I told you, we're going to have a great time on this show today. Because there's just a lot of questions out there. And you've had a lot of experience working with these amazing clients, mostly women, who've given up hope that there are any good men out there. So I tell right. you what, we're going to come back and you're going to answer my question. So listeners, I want you to stay tuned because we're going to be right back with my guest, Lucas Roy Lehman, and we're putting him on the hot seat today. Okay, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hi there, and welcome back to Transformation for Success with my guest today, Mr. Lucas Roy Lehman, who is a speaker, trainer, and coach of intimacy and personal power. And today we are talking about how women and men, you can learn the skills of intimacy to be able to play the music of love with joy and ease and have the soulful relationship you have always dreamed of. So, Lucas, I am happy to have you back, and we were just on this discussion about the path and your work with women, more importantly, and some of the issues that some of the women have come to you about. And one of them, you talked about a woman who was looking for, you know, the, building a home uh, with a man, and when you're telling her, you know, really to, to maybe build herself, not, you know, looking for the man to build a home. She had the wrong thing. So tell us about what do we need to learn about the skills of intimacy? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the, the first skill, and this is um, the, the first um, principle of, of personal power that I talk about, is, mm-hmm. is presence. And so when I talk about someone saying they want to, they're looking for someone to build a home with, they want to live with somebody or whatever, mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're not actually present because you can't have that today. What can mm-hmm. you have Today, what's here today, and what mm-hmm. can you have today? And if you under if you dig underneath that, well, what might be here is is loneliness and fear and neediness, mm-hmm. and so those things aren't going to attract the the wonderful, generous, powerful man of your dreams. He's mm-hmm. not going to be attracted to neediness and projection and safety mm-hmm. and create a sense of security and home for me. That that's going to attract a manipulator or someone else who's got their own shadow issues that they're running. So it really comes back to coming present, like what's what's going on there, and like what's mm-hmm. the difference between loneliness and being alone? And how do I and, how do I shift into that? Okay, I'm alone, but I love my life. How do I build mm-hmm. a life that I'm loving and that I love myself? Because I'll often tell my clients we can only receive as much love from somebody else as we're able to love ourselves. And so if I don't love myself, if I don't love my life, I hate my job, I hate where I live, and I'm looking for some man to bring light to my life, mm-hmm. well, good luck with that. Looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> so, well, I'll, I'll, not even looking for love in all the wrong places, but you're, that's actually not love. That's no. rescue. That's saved me from, from my misery. Well, what do you think that most people, well, you said that earlier, most people are looking for that, that, that person, that companionship. Uh, are they really looking for that? What do you find many of the women you have talked with and counseled, what are they really looking for? Well, in the, like I said, in the short term, they're looking, to, they're looking to feel safe and they're looking to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And, and underneath that, the problem is, their own judgments of themselves, that, that they don't love themselves, they mm-hmm. don't enjoy being with themselves, they don't feel safe in their own life. They're looking for some, that something else out there. Mm-hmm. 
And so an intimacy makeover in terms of working with me is all about let's bring it back to the starting line, which is what's the common denominator in all of your relationships is you and who are you and who are you in relationship to yourself. I like that. I've never heard of an intimacy makeover. I like that. Um, so what's the <laughs> uh, intimacy makeover? So how many women do you think are men? I need intimacy makeovers. Wow. And so the first thing is you begin to do is to look within. Who are you? The person within. Yourself. Loving yourself. Right. So how do, you, how do you get women to do this? Do you have uh, exercises or you have – what do you use to help them to become lovers of themselves? Well, absolutely. There are exercises for sure. The, the first mm-hmm. place, again, is back to coming present. And it might be an exercise where – First of all, where they start to recognize what what is the record, what is the radio station that's playing in their head all the time, and what is it saying? We got to mm-hmm. again, in fact, we got to come present first. We can't we can't skip to where I want to get to. We have What's to start going on with now? Where I am. Mm-hmm. I have to start with where I am, and and mm-hmm. that's again that's that's the biggest piece. Is like it's so painful where I am. I don't even want to look at it. I want to get over there. Well, you can't get over there until you come here, be here, and then come into acceptance of like, oh, my God, I'm judging that I'm 25 pounds overweight and I'm not worthy of love until I lose Mm -hmm. those 25 pounds. And so essentially, Mm -hmm. I hate myself every single day until I lose those 25 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'm going to eat to make that pain go away, and I'm not going to lose those 25 pounds, and and it's just going to be this vicious cycle. And vicious so it's back yeah. to allowing the voices to express itself. Oh my God, I'm noticing what's true is I hate myself for being fat. Okay. Well, and, and you know it happens time and time again. It does. It happens a lot. And then what do you when we start looking at what's happening today? Uh, I know for a fact that um, relationships is really high on everybody's list. I mean, magazines, uh, the Internet, uh, the focus is on relationships, how to pick the right partner, how to find the right man or how to find the right woman. Um, and so it's it's all about, you know, looking for that intimacy. So what one of the questions that I, I, I have that's really uh, interesting is that most intimacy coaches or people that I know who work with women in this are women. So how did you come to be the man that's working with women? And do you think it's better for women to work with a man or vice versa, women to work with women? Well, I think I think it's it's. It's different. I think it's, again, like I, I keep referring mm-hmm. to, I think of intimacy as the music of love. And to me, a woman working with another woman around intimacy is going to be like talking about music. It's okay. not playing music. And so mm-hmm. in terms of working with the man, it brings it to this other level that we're now, we're now on the playing field. There is a different energy that happens here. There's a, this particularly around being seen. So for, for a woman to feel unconditional love from a man when she's feeling nothing but conditional love towards herself and judgment is mm-hmm. hugely healing because that's what she wants more than anything. Is it what? You see that I'm beautiful? You see the transformation that I'm doing? You see the work that I'm doing? That goes to the depth of her soul and allows her to stand in like the knowing that she is that. Mm-hmm. For a girlfriend to say, 
you're beautiful, girlfriend. It it doesn't it's 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 only superficial. But to feel it from a man and then and then the other piece is I've been in relationships. I I know something intuitively about women and how they are that no women know because they they've never been in the ball game. Okay. They've never been in the bedroom. They've never seen the tears that come up from from vulnerability mm-hmm. in a lovemaking situation. They've never seen the the trigger that comes up. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I've now loved you deeper than you've ever been loved before, and so therefore you're now going to get triggered and run away. So, <laughs> so that that happens yeah. all the time, and so yeah. so that happens in in the coaching relationship also. But the beauty of it is. It's not my stuff. And that's what happens on the, on the ball court of intimacy. If you're trying to learn or move your behaviors, but you get triggered by something, and then that triggers the dude who's probably even more insecure than you are and less mm-hmm. in touch with himself and his shit than you are. I'm, not, I'm sorry, I said a four-letter word. I'm not sure about that. But, but in the context of working with, with me, I can hold space for that. I can, I can mm-hmm. bring you back from the edge and say, what's, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. Oh, I noticed that like when you compliment me, I can't even take it in. Yeah, I get that. It's really sad. It's really sad. And do you think that uh, situations in terms of all this confusion and discord around sex and intimacy is, is being, you know, is it exacerbated or is it escalating? Do you think that there's more of it now happening in today's world? I, Particularly I with the millennials? Is, I think there is, especially because I think, you know, as a culture, we're more mm-hmm. disconnected from each other. We're more, you know, we have virtual relationships, but we don't mm-hmm. have, and virtual communities, but we don't have actual communities. Um, and then also that, that suddenly, like, there's a commodification of, of love in a way. Like we can, we can just go on amazon.com and buy everything else. And so we think that we can just go on an online dating site and plug in a profile and, mm-hmm. and find a person. And <clears throat> but I think one, one of the things that I have, just as my own little personal experience with some of the ladies I've talked with is that, uh, this whole thing of online dating and then the texting. There's no communication. It's like the texting. Right. And a guy can be saying, or even a woman, that I really love you, I'm so into you, but he's with somebody else. You don't even know it because they're texting. Right. And right. Uh, and so many relationships have been destroyed. I've just learned from a woman finding the guy's phone, a pic- you know, which I think is personal and you shouldn't really do that, but there are women and maybe guys too looking at the person's phone. Now I guess they have where you can lock your phone, but I've known of cases where a gal grabs the phone. How many relationships have been destroyed because the wife picked up the cell phone and found pictures on the cell phone or found text messages? What does that do to destroy intimacy and relationships? The relationship was exposed there for Mm -hmm. what it wasn't, right? That at that point it was revealed how how the level of inauthenticity that was going on, the level of fear of actual intimacy, because if I actually shared with you who I really was, then you wouldn't love me. So I'm going to put up this face of who I think I'm supposed to be, but then Mm -hmm. I got to go, it's going to come out sideways um, through, through 
you know, I'm in this relationship and yet I'm on dating sites. So there's something, there's something about commitment. There's something about authenticity. And, and again, also this, this, this first principle of presence, the thing about texting, like I remember like when I was a kid, you know, being on the phone mm-hmm. with my girlfriend for like an hour where we're just like, yeah, you know, right there listening. Yeah. Right. So we're present. We're connected in real time. We're right. texting. We're not actually in the same place doing the same thing. It's, no. it's, it's the appearance of it, but it's not the thing. And so it's really important back to intimacy makeover. What is your intention? What are you trying to do here? Mm-hmm. How do you get that real thing? And it's scary. It is scary. I imagine it is scary. And and I hear, uh, again, this is sort of going in another little direction, but I hear from so many women, I don't know if you hear this from men too, uh, of all ages and all ethnicities, that men today are afraid of commitment. Absolutely. So, from your experiences in the field, can you tell us why? Is there a yeah, why to I, that? Is there, I'm sorry, is there a what? Is there a why? There you is know, is there a why? There is a why. why. Yeah, there, the why is because uh, because of the experiences of men that if I make a commitment, that means I'm going to lose freedom and I'm going to lose power and I'm going to gain obligation. Um, I'm going to lose fun um, and I'm probably even going to have less sex. So but that could be that could apply for women too. I'm going to lose commitment. It can apply to women could, too, but but it's more of the male that won't commit. That I right. Hear. Well, I think I think that's that has to do with just the difference between the masculine and the feminine. In the sense that woman sort of has a natural urge to create this nesting situation. Like I said, the the friend of mine who wants to create. I really want a man to create a home with. Men don't say things like that. Men no. want a woman to go out and have a good time with. They want to have great sex with. They want to have someone to talk to. So there's a different, there, I mean, it's a great combination, but it's really about what's happening right now and also the, 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 what are smaller commitments that we can make. I think there's a sense that if I commit to one thing, I'm committing to everything. And again, that's, that's why I love working mm-hmm. with people who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s and 70s, because they're in a position where it doesn't have to look like the box. It doesn't have to look like what society says it's supposed to look like. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you, you can have the love of your life, but that doesn't mean that you need to live with them. That might not be the best arrangement. That's a, that has to do with security or some, some story mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And so if it feels like I'm going to make a commitment and that's going to turn into a prison for me, Mm-hmm. Why would I want that? Okay. Now, if you can tell me, I make this commitment, and, and here's what you're going to get. You're going to get this depth of connection. You're going to get this. But I'm not asking you to, you know, it's like if I commit to you that you're my girlfriend, does that mean that you're going to expect me to go to Thanksgiving dinner at your family's house next year? Yes. <laughs> right. Well, what if I don't want to? What does one thing have to do with the other? Well, if you love me, you go. See? That's the answer. There you go. Well, but that's, that's not, so what, but that's, what does one thing have to do with the other? That's what I'm well, saying. So that, so, so I that understand. You, that I, need, I was playing the advocate there. <laughs> right. 
Right. Well, that's exactly right. If you'd love me, you would go. So now you're going to guilt trip me. Right? Well, here's what I want this relationship for. I want it for, for pleasure, for connection. I got your back. You got my back. I might want it to be about family down the road, but I might not. So and is so this something if we that... Try to, if we try to shove... Commitment means I'm going to shove this thing into this all-encompassing box. I think, too, what I'm hearing you say... Bottom line, there needs to be communication going on on what each other expects. The expectation should be clear from the outset. Uh, And maybe that'll be less confusion about commitment or whether you're going to the family dinner or whether you're going on vacation with me and my friends next year. I think it's about, for me, it's about communication up front and what those expectations might be for you. What do we want out of this relationship? So again, yes. For me, yes. it's about knowing knowing who you are as a woman, knowing what your expectations are, and being able to express that, being able to communicate that. And if a person doesn't agree, that's okay. We know that this will not be a relationship that will, you know, move into another area. Maybe we'll just be friends. But that's just that's Doctor B talking. I will have to say. That's me talking. So when we come well, back, I, 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 again, you asked you asked me the, the question, and so we all have choices here, mm-hmm. and so it's a matter of what are the what are the priorities. And if suddenly I make a commitment that I'm going to have sex with only you, and then that comes with all these other expectations and baggage, mm-hmm. what, okay. what does one thing have to do with the other? Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back with you, Mr. Lucas. And we're going to talk about (laughs) the difference between sex and sexual energy. And stay tuned, listeners. We're going to be right back. This is a hot conversation, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening. on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back to my guest today, Lucas Roy Lehman. And boy, are we having a hot topic and discussion today. 
Lucas is a certified intimacy and personal power coach, and he's an international speaker, and he leads trainings on sex and money and power. And today, we're talking about his work with women and men and the whole intimacy game. I love it. And we're going to talk about the difference between sex and sexual energy. So before we went on break, we were talking a little bit about commitment and why men and maybe women today are afraid of commitment. And you gave us some very good answers on the commitment and expectations. We talked about communication and some of the expectations that might not be as realistic as they can be. But I wanted to also know, what's the difference between sex and sexual energy? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, you know, we all kind of know what sex is. That's, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. enjoying the play of sexual activity either by ourselves or with another, usually towards pleasure or orgasm as as kind of a a goal. Um, Whereas sexual energy is, is that, but also really it's about our life force energy. It's about our creative energy, even our spiritual energy. And it's both, it sources in the same place in our second chakra in our pelvic area. But, but when we bring breath and intention and awareness to it, we get to make different choices um, and, and decide, even if you're in a situation where, you know, there's a, a sexual turn on, do I need to do anything about it? Or can mm-hmm. I just enjoy, wow, it feels really good to be alive. So we're really talking about, when you talk about sexual energy, you're talking about a life force, that energy. And it doesn't have to be about the act of sex, but it's about that energy, uh, that life force that comes. That's what you call sexual energy. Am I correct? Right. Right. And so, so what I'll see sometimes is, is women who, you know, they've been disappointed in love and they, and they decide, you know what, I'm just going to focus on my business or focus on my family. And they turn off a part of themselves. They mm-hmm. disconnect mm-hmm. themselves kind of from, mm-hmm. you know, the belly button down, just shut, shut that off. And okay. something's lost, a spark in their eye is lost, a, a lightness, a, a, an aliveness that doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with a man or even sex, but it's that, it's that aliveness, that juiciness, that goddess energy, mm-hmm. that swing in the hips that just makes, makes everybody smile and feel lighter. And, and we think that it's connected to, to sex and relationship, and it's actually it's our birthright. It's who we are as our, as our aliveness. Well, how does one stay centered on your higher self amid all of today's challenges of relationships? Can you answer that question for me? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think it, it has to be, uh, it's a discipline. I mean, meditation, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. diet, all, choosing, choosing the things that, that bring us groundedness, getting out in nature, all, all the things that like connect us to our, our eternal and our essential selves, that there's so so much the, the world is vibrationally getting faster and faster and faster and the more distractions and more of this kind of like negative vibration coming into ourselves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to stay in that center place, we have to cultivate, we have to cultivate that. I actually have a practice that I call tuning to the key of me, back to that sort of musical thing. But that I have to, because mm-hmm. if, if I don't tune my instrument 
to what my essential nature is and my centeredness, then I'm going to go out of tune to, to play <laughs> the cacophony of, of what's going on around me. Because mm-hmm. the world wants to pull you out of, of that. The world is saying, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is where it's at. And that's not where it's at. Where it's at I is like, how do I connect with my... I like that expression, tuning into the key of me. I like that. Mm-hmm. I've not heard that before. That, and really maybe tuning into the key of me, who I am, and staying centered brings that higher self-consciousness of who I am and staying centered and grounded in spite of all the turbulence of the relationships that go around you. You know, and it it has to be mm -hmm. a daily, a daily dedication to -hmm. that. Otherwise the, the tsunami of, of of the internet is Mm -hmm. just going to, we're going to be swept over by the garbage. And I admit, too, that it it takes work, Lucas, every day to stay centered and grounded. And and for me, it must take that private time for me, tuning into God, getting my direction, you know, staying centered and focused no matter what might be happening. So that when I walk out that door, I'm centered, I'm grounded, and I've made up my mind, I'm going to be happy. So what advice can you offer people? on how to manage good relationships and create more love in the world? Well, I think it starts where we're talking about. It starts with who, mm-hmm. who I am, who am I mm-hmm. being, and who am I, who am I wanting to be in the world, mm-hmm. and how do, mm-hmm. I, how do I tune myself to be that person? Because um, the, the world is going to mirror you. What's outside is going to reflect what's on the inside. And if you're not mm-hmm. liking what the outside is, then, then you have to go inside and, and do this tuning thing. No, no one ever found mm-hmm. God by reading a post about God on Facebook. No, absolutely not. Right? Right? No. And so that's, that's what we're talking about. And, and God and this energy, this eternal self, higher spirit, whatever you want to call it, I can only find that by tuning into myself and tuning out all the garbage that wants right. to attract my attention. And that includes right. all my fears. That includes my, mm-hmm. oh, what I want and what I don't have and all mm-hmm. that. It's like that's the first step is coming present to, like, all the noise that we're creating in our own mind. Okay, and then what do I want, to, what do I want instead? And how do mm-hmm. I create that? And it becomes about asking different questions. What about your own search for intimacy and personal power, Lucas? How, what about, what's happened with you on your own search? Uh, um, how, do you, how do you mean? Well, you've become a person who people go to as the speaker, the trainer, and the coach. But how right. did, what happened with your own search for intimacy and personal power? Because, again, we go back to you can't give what you don't have. Well, oh, so how absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And no, that's a great question because, and actually the, it's a responsibility to myself. And if mm-hmm. I want to, if I want more, what, how do I, how do I expand myself to be able mm-hmm. to do that? And that's the, it's not like I'm going to meditate every day for a year and then I'm going to be done. Just like mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to, oh, I'll eat healthy for a while. It's actually, 
it's a it's a continuing process of of purification. It's not it's not an easy path. It's easier to be unconscious for sure. Um, yes. You know, and and what am I putting in my mouth? You know, is becoming an increasingly um, you know narrower. Nope, don't eat that. Don't drink that. Don't put that. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 having that clear channel to spirit uh, requires not not putting things. It's what am I taking out of the way of it, right? Because ultimately, I know that I am a manifestation of God, and when mm-hmm. I don't know it, it's because I put things in the way of it. And so, so to me, that that transformation is about removing the projections mm-hmm. and the stories and the limiting beliefs. They mm-hmm. get in my own way, and that's a that's a daily practice. That's yes. a daily, you know. How do I love my body? That's thank you for sharing because you know I, the, I and I get this laugh when I think about you know people the coach you know the person coming to the coach and because I'm overweight I'm 25 pounds overweight and I go to the coach and he's bigger than me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And so I, that's why I asked you that question, because there is a responsibility when you are that person who's helping someone else to be the epitome uh, of that. You know, at least you've gone through things that you can say, I've been there and I can help you on your search for intimacy and personal power. But I want to talk very quickly about your book that uh, has your forthcoming book, Mastering the Seven Principles of Sex and Money and Power for an Extraordinary Life. So just in the last few minutes, how would people get this book, and what do you hope they're going to get out of it? Well, it's not done yet, so they're going to have to wait. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm currently about halfway through writing it, um, okay. so hopefully by the end of the year, uh, I will have it completed. Um, mm-hmm. And what they're going to get out of it is really kind of a, a framework of, of what is what it's what does personal power mean? And then what are the, what are the places to focus my energy? Um, so first of all, starting with, like we talk about getting my power back or being powerful, but what does it mean? And, and so my definition of personal power is my ability to manifest my desires with ease. Okay. And so working backwards, the most important part of that, people will think like, oh, it's, it's manifesting my desires or getting more skills and abilities. And it's actually, it's the ease part, which doesn't necessarily mean easily or quickly, but it mm-hmm. means how am I being in relationship to this experience of myself, right? So if I'm showing up for my life and I love my life, I'm in my joy, I might be stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, I'm still in ease. So that's, I, I might have this dream. So in my case, I have a dream to, uh, to have my rock musical be uh, a Netflix series next year. And, and it's, it's been a 25-year process. So it hasn't been easy. Hasn't been easy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I haven't been in ease around it. But certainly when I am in ease, when I am connected to... Oh, I wonder how this is going to happen. Then there's room. It's about creating space, right? That that yes. for for source to come through me. I never had an idea in my life. I only got out of the way for an idea to come through me. That's that's the ease. That's the thing that we're talking about 
with presence, that our mind is so filled mm-hmm. up with with negative thoughts and fears oh, and yes. noise, there's no ease, there's no way for anything mm-hmm. to happen. Well, you know, uh, Lucas, when we start to think of dis-ease, it is the word disease. So dis-ease brings about disease because it brings, with we know, with strain and stress and worry, it does start things to happen in the body that brings about. I just wrote that down because all of a sudden when you're saying, you know, my ability to manifest my desires with ease, well, not with ease brings disease. And so that was sort of what I wrote down. But you know, right. I, <laughs> I have really um, enjoyed uh, talking with you about this. I, you know, one of the things I didn't want to just say, we've focused a lot on women, but I'm, I'm intrigued also before we close the show to talk about um, facilitating the emotional uh, literacy of incarcerated men. Could you just tell us in about a minute before we close the show, how you were able to do this and, were you successful in facilitating the emotional literacy of incarcerated men? Absolutely. So uh, five years ago, I and a group of uh, four other men, we created a nonprofit called the Freedom Within Prison Project. And Mm -hmm. every week we go inside the maximum security prison and facilitate uh, trust circles and teach Mm -hmm. emotional literacy skills. And, And the way we do it, 99% 99% of it is presence. We show up with an intention of love and ability to hold space for anything, whether that's uh, anger, <laughs> sadness, regret, fear, confusion, and, and help the men know that, however, that, that we, we're not there to judge them. We're just there <laughs> to love them. And that's what we're all, that, that's intimacy, right? That's, that's what everybody wants. Right. Right. So right. we show up with that. Yeah, then there are tools and skills and practices and mm-hmm. all that. But the biggest piece is who am I showing up as and what is my intention for showing up here? I think that's great. I really do. And, you know, Lucas, again, I just want to thank you for being on the show today and taking time out from your busy schedule and from writing that book <laughs> to be on the <laughs> thank show. You. And I really want to wish you much success on all of your future endeavors and getting that book out. So if anybody missed the show today, how they, you're able to download it later at www.transformationforsuccess.com. And Lucas Roy Lehman, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to get in touch with you? Yeah, please do. You can go to my website, lucasroylehman.com or intimacymakeover.com and send me an email I would be happy to even offer a complimentary breakthrough session for anyone who's listening who would like to take me up on that. So send me an email, ask me a question, would love to be of service. Thank you so much, Lucas, again, lucasroylayman.com. And listeners, thank you so much today for listening to the show. I know you've had a joyful and a blessed time today. So have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday with another great guest on Transformation for Success. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.